Welcome to a new Livewire series entitled The Human Pivot. So over the next three episodes, we're going to be looking at the role of a leader or an individual in the plan of God. And in particular, we're going to be looking at the word anointing and what that really means. But let's start off with pivots. What do we mean by a pivot? The dictionary definition says this. A person or thing on which something depends or turns, the central or crucial factor. In life, success is difficult and a major breakthrough is often rare. What we're going to look at today is the role of anointing that God puts on someone and how that affects their success, how that alters whether things fail or succeed. We're going to look in this series at why God anoints us and how God anoints us and who God anoints. We're going to look at different characters, different human pivots, people who changed the course of history and look at the role of anointing in their lives. So let's look at why. Why does God anoint us? We're going to start at the very beginning in the book of Genesis. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. So that's a nice cheery verse for us to start with. Here's the deal. Um, When God uh, created the world, when he created us, we were created pre-fall, pre-curse. So the plan was that man would put a seed in the ground and the seed would flourish. It would be great. Things would be wonderful. There'd be no weeds. There would be no uh, struggle for that uh, flower. That when somebody preached or communicated, people would respond perfectly well. But after the curse, things became so much more uh, problematic. In fact, in many ways, we're not designed for the curse, to live in a world that is cursed. That's why so many of us get stressed, so many of us get depressed, so many of us find it very, very difficult. Anointing breaks the curse. Anointing takes what you did before and sunny helps you have a breakthrough. What you attempted in the past that was very difficult now is far more fruitful. Anointing does not make things easier. It makes things more effective. The video you're watching right now was taken from many, many years ago. And it's a group of young people. Uh, these young people are the ones who led Pays uh, during one of the fastest periods of growth that Pays ever had. Now, as you look around the room, uh, what you'll notice is many of these were very, very young. They were very naive. And to be honest, some of us were quite immature. We didn't really have the resources uh, that we needed. And we certainly didn't have the recognition that we needed. And yet this group built an organization that is now touching six continents and reaching many people throughout the world. And what I've learned is that the advancement of the kingdom pivots not on resources or skill or experience, but on the condition 
of the human heart. I've seen this on pays all the time, ever since those days and even before them, that success pivots not on um, great charisma, but on great character. And that some of the people you would expect to struggle, some of the people you would think, well, that the circumstances are difficult, they're working in a difficult part of the world, they lack resources. We see pays grow uh, right now in a, in a certain part of Asia that I don't want to mention, we're seeing grow uh, pays grow perhaps quicker now than anywhere else. And yet, if I told you where it was, you would think, well, surely there's no way pays could flourish and get into schools in that place. But they do. And then sometimes you look at places with all the finances and the resources and the people and you think, well, it can't help but succeed. And actually, it, it doesn't do as well as you would expect. So much of it comes down to leadership to an individual to a team of people and whether or not they have this sense of anointing on them so what is anointing exactly so as some jewish sources explicitly state it's the exceptional ability that flows from the spirit of god so anointing is the supernatural empowerment that follows appointing and you could say that anointing breaks uh, the Sisyphean dynamic. Uh, I don't know if you know the, the story of uh, this character from Greek myth. Uh, he was cursed by the gods to push a huge rock up a hill, only for it to roll back down again, and cursed for eternity to keep pushing up this rock for it to just keep falling down again and again and again. Can you imagine that? Well, the fact is that life often has a kind of dynamic like that. You know, you talk to maybe a housewife or a house husband who constantly is having to do the ironing and cleaning the house and cooking meals. It's never ending. You don't get to a place where, oh, the house is tidy. That's great. Done. The next day it needs it again. And it can be quite heartbreaking. You know, you talk to a gardener, it's the same thing. You know, they weed, they tidy things up, they cush, they cut and they prune. And, and next week they have to do the same. So it's this kind of maintenance and it can be quite soul destroying sometimes. And the more unsure you are of your work and the outcome of it, the more your ministry can take on this Sisyphean dimension. And that's problematic. You know, it can affect your faith. It can affect your belief that God's going to do something through you. So with that in mind, before we look at the what and the who of anointing, let's take a look at our first workshop. Please ask yourself, what has a Sisyphean dynamic in what we are doing? Ideally, ask this as a team or feel free to ask it as an individual if you are listening to this on your own. And then please write these things within the big rock in the picture provided on the worksheet. So take some time and think, is there something we're doing as a team that just seems to be endless and we don't seem to be getting any breakthrough? What feels like that? Or maybe you as an individual. Okay, spend 10 minutes on that and we'll come back and we'll talk about the what of anointing. So what elements of anointing are helpful to us? Well, one of them is that anointing brings protection. 
Uh, to anoint means to do this, to smear or rub with oil and by implication to consecrate for office or religious service. So in Bible times, people were anointed with oil to signify their calling and God's blessing upon their lives. So it's a physical act, but it has a um, symbolic spiritual metaphor as well. Here are some of the verses that you can look at if you want to find out more about anointing and, and see it demonstrated in the Bible. So the origin of anointing was actually something the shepherds used. So lice and insects would often get onto uh, the fleece of a sheep and work their way into the ears of a sheep and burrow themselves in, eventually killing the sheep. So shepherds would uh, put oil on the, on the uh, sheep's head uh, to make it very slippery, literally, so insects could not, could not stay on there and they would fall off. Uh, so protecting the sheep. And that's why anointing became this symbol of God's protection. So when you're anointed, where you were attacked before, now you are protected. So what you do does not become easier, but it becomes more effective, which would be a fantastic thing, of course, for all of us. And also we as people, even though we're attacked, we are protected by the Spirit of God. So anointing is relational. In other words, you're anointed not because of what you do necessarily, but because of who you are. I don't know if you know this, but there have been five covenants that God has made with man throughout history. And each one of them affected the way in which we related or connected with God. It affected our relationship with our Creator. And each of the five covenants was not made with a group of people, but was made with a human pivot, an individual who was anointed by God. Let me just give you those five covenants now. Noah brought a new start. Abram brought a new people. Moses brought a new way. David brought a new throne. And Jesus brought a new covenant. And I think this is what we're going to be looking at during the series, is how we as individuals can make a huge difference, particularly if we're anointed by God. So a little bit later on, we're going to look at who God anoints. We're going to look at three uh, things that God is looking for. But before that, let's take some time to look at one more workshop. So please read the passage provided. It is the story of Samuel anointing Saul. Please ask the following two questions. Does anything strike me as odd? And what does it mean to be anointed? You'll find this passage of scripture on your worksheet. Uh, if you're listening to this, it is 1 Samuel chapter 10 verses 1 to 9. So I don't know if anything did strike you as odd. Let me just share with you what um, jumped out to me, if you like, and I thought that that's odd because it doesn't normally fit uh, the way God normally acts. I'm just going to read a, a couple of verses that kind of summarize the passage. The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you and you will be changed into a different person. Do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God gave him another heart and all these signs were fulfilled that day.
So God gave Saul another heart. That's a strange phrase because if there's one thing that God doesn't heal, it's character. In the sense that, you know, when Jesus came, he laid hands on people. He may have laid hands on the blind and they could see. He laid hands on the sick and they recovered. He laid hands on the, the dead and they were raised to life. But you never see Jesus putting his hand on somebody and suddenly they become a more faithful person. Uh, you don't see Jesus lay hands on somebody and they become uh, a, a kinder person. So this passage kind of gives me a little bit of a um, problem because it doesn't fit with how God uh, normally does things. Now the fact is you can't put God in a box and it may be simply that this one person in history, God touches him and God just transforms his heart. But that doesn't fit into what we know about God, which is that God gives us free will. So there are a couple of options that could be going on here. Let me talk to you about the first option. Option one is that it's a Hebrew idiom. In other words, sometimes in Hebrew, there are specific phrases that are used or different to how we would use them in English. So Hebrew has far less words in it than the English language. Uh, biblical Hebrew has something like 8,000 words. So sometimes a phrase can mean intention or manifestation. In other words, in English, I could say, I threw a stick and it hit a cyclist, which is a manifestation, or I threw a stick to hit a cyclist, which is intention. One is, I did it to make this happen. Another is, I did this and this is what happened. That could be what's happening on here. It could be simply a Hebrew idiom. So what all this is really saying is that as he left, his heart was changed because of what God had done. Not so much that God supernaturally changed his heart. That's one possibility. Uh, the second is related to uh, one of the specific meanings of the word. So the word translated as changed here is to transform, to change, to over turn. So when God changed his heart, what it really means or could mean is that his heart was overturned by the vision. In other words, the vision that God had just given to Saul overturned his heart. It replaced, if you like, his previous vision, his previous ambitions. Either way, what you've got here is uh, Saul's heart needed to change, whereas David's heart was already a heart after God's. And my main point here is that when God anoints someone, he's looking at the heart. It's not the things we do. There has to be a change in our heart. We have to have the kind of heart that God wants to anoint. And it's the human heart that is the pivot. A human heart that is so inclined towards God that God can anoint us and we can make the difference. So who is it that God is looking to anoint? Well, I've just said it's a person with the right heart, but what, what demonstrates we have the right heart? I think there are three things for us to look at in this final section of our first episode. The first thing I think that God is looking for is a person with more of a desire for anointing than appointing. So anointing follows appointing. Now let's again look at a definition of anointing. To smear or rub with oil and by implication to consecrate for office 
or religious service. So anointing follows somebody who's appointed. But my argument would be, as I look through the people that we've seen to be anointed in the Bible, is that they're people who wanted um, anointing more than they wanted appointing. In other words, they wanted God's purpose, they wanted God's power, they wanted to be used by God more than they wanted a title or position. Sure, they, they, they wanted a title or position, there's nothing wrong with that, but that wasn't the thing that they were more interested in. They were most interested in being effective for God. Which connects to the second thing I think that God is looking for. The second thing is those with more of a desire for God's approval than man's approval. I think this is key. We're going to see that more and more as we look over the characters that have been anointed in history in the next few episodes. But I think it's important for us to be thinking about that right now. And then thirdly, those with a desire to see God's kingdom advanced. In other words, those who would put kingdom above their own empire. Uh, there's a great section in uh, the documentary, The Spirit of a Pioneer, that summarises, I think, this. And it's the story told by Mark Riley, who is the national director uh, for Pays in Ireland. Just listen to what he has to say on this subject. I was in a, a band at the time. We'd called ourselves Our Empire. And in many ways, we really were our own empire because we didn't have any music kind of moguls telling us what to do, what mm -hmm. we're just having fun and enjoying the ride. Mm -hmm. And I think that's quite a profound question that all of us at kind of points wrestle with, you know, of is it going to be our empire or is it going to be um, his kingdom? So anointing may be a gift, but it's not about gift, it's about purpose. Let's just read together. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because... He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. That word because is the pivot in that particular passage. So it's strange, isn't it? We always seem to make it about us and anointing sometimes becomes all about the gifting and the ministry that we have. But really, God anoints people not because they have a great gift, uh, but because they have the same purpose that he has. And again, we're going to be seeing that over the next two episodes as we look at some different elements of anointing and how anointing helps us to be more effective rather than just making things easier, how anointing uh, gives us protection where, when we're attacked. Anointing is a wonderful thing to pursue, but it's not so that you have some kind of great gift that you can tell people about. Anointing is for those who share the same purpose as God. With that in mind, let's look at our next and final workshop. Has anything become your empire? A dream, a vision, a job, a relationship, or anything else? After you've discussed this, if you want to be honest with each other and say, actually, I think I've been chasing this and this has become my empire and I want to put kingdom uh, above empire, kingdom before empire, can I encourage you to finish this live by, by praying for each other that God will overturn your heart in the same way he did with Saul, that a vision for his kingdom 
will replace and overturn what you were previously uh, aiming for or following or believing for. So if that's relevant to you, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, if we can be people that God anoints, oh my goodness, uh, things will be different. Uh, we will make a difference because we will have the hearts that can become a human pivot and change the way things are and bring in the purposes of God. So please discuss that question and then pray for each other. And let's see what God does today in our hearts, uh, what new vision he gives us, new revelation and new insight. Thanks for listening. Looking forward to uh, sharing the next two episodes of The Human Pivot with you. Goodbye for now.